Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to the Euractiv uh, virtual conference, uh, Georgia's road to, to the EU, uh, what next? My name is Georgi Gotov. I'm Euractiv's uh, senior editor. Uh, it will be my privilege to be the moderator today, but on a daily basis, uh, I report on international affairs, on issues such as uh, Russia, the Caucasus, Georgia, of course, uh, and uh, it's a pleasure for me to uh, also to visit this country that I started uh, to, to learn and uh, to, to enjoy. Uh, I hope that we are in a COVID exit phase and that I will be soon be able to, to visit uh, Georgia again. Uh, we have today a distinguished panel sitting in uh, Brussels and in uh, Tbilisi. Here in Brussels, by the way, it is uh, very cold and very dark. I hope the weather is much better in, uh, in Tbilisi. Uh, but we will hear uh, from, uh, uh, from the distinguished uh, speaker, the first deputy uh, minister of foreign affairs of Georgia. Before that, I will briefly introduce uh, the panel. Uh, so, Vaktang uh, Maharoblishvili is the first deputy minister of foreign affairs of uh, Georgia. Uh, Luc Pierre de Vigne is uh, the deputy managing editor for uh, uh, Russia Eastern Partnership Central Asia Regional Cooperation and OSC at the European External Action Service. Uh, Lawrence Meredith is uh, the Director uh, for Neighbourhood East and Institution uh, Building at Digineer at the European Commission. Uh, Marina Kaljurant is member of the European Parliament from Estonia, a Renew Group, uh, uh, SND Group, sorry. Uh, she is the Chair of the Delegation for uh, Relations uh, with the South Caucasus uh, uh, in the European Parliament. And uh, last but not least, Michael Emerson, uh, Associate uh, Senior Research Fellow at the Brussels think tank uh, SEPS and the former uh, EU uh, Ambassador. So, uh, welcome everybody. Uh, I will give the floor to uh, Mr. Maharoblishvili, but before that I would like to congratulate you with the National Day of Georgia. That was yesterday. Uh, it was the uh, 103 three years uh, uh, from the first democratic, since the first democratic republic of Georgia. Congratulations. Uh, you have the floor, uh, Mr. Meharoblishvili. Uh, <clears throat> thank you very much, Mr. Moderator. Of course, uh, well, first, uh, I can tell you that in Tbilisi we have a very warm and nice uh, weather, um, uh, and hope that uh, in Brussels uh, you're going to have a nice weather uh, as well. Uh, and of course, uh, first and foremost, uh, let me say that uh, it's a uh, great pleasure for me uh, to be part of uh, today's uh, discussions uh, about uh, to what is uh, next in uh, Georgia's uh, European way with uh, distinguished uh, colleagues. Uh, that you have uh, listed, as well as, of course, with distinguished uh, audience. But uh, before maybe saying and commenting uh, when it, um, regarding uh, what's next uh, in Georgia's European way, may I also say a couple of words to what you have kindly mentioned and um, uh, congratulated us with the uh, day of uh, independence of Georgia. Because 
Uh, yesterday, Georgia celebrated the birthday of the first uh, independent Georgian Republic of 1918. And uh, to say that um, uh, with that date and with the first democratic uh, Republic of Georgia, um, I mean, it, it matters a lot uh, to what I'm going to be commenting about uh, later because uh, it matters uh, to what Georgia is today. Because uh, three years uh, following the announcement of independence from the Russian Empire in 1918, uh, from 1918 to 1921, Georgia was a functioning democracy with a multi-party system. And the first Georgian parliament, which was elected uh, by both uh, men and women, uh, it enjoyed the presence of uh, five women, women members, including actually uh, ethnic minorities. The new constitution of those years abolished uh, capital punishment and guaranteed uh, freedom of conscience, religion, uh, expression, assembly, and uh, the rights of uh, minorities. By that, basically, I would say that firmly placing my country, uh, Georgia, uh, within the wider European family. However, unfortunately, soon, um, soon after that, uh, uh, Russian, uh, Russian army, but in fact, uh, Red Army, Soviet army, uh, didn't uh, lose many time and uh, in, uh, invaded uh, Georgia um, in, in 1921. Uh, and it took uh, Georgia another 70 years uh, to regain uh, its freedom and its independence and uh, restart or resume what Georgia had started 70 years before that building an independent state based on the principles of freedom, democracy and equality. Today, like 100 years ago, Georgia is transforming and reforming itself uh, um, basically building a democratic country, uh, the, what has been asked and requested uh, by Georgian society, by, by Georgian citizens. Uh, today's uh, constitution very much resembles the old, the constitution of uh, 1921, uh, 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 because, I mean, it, it, it speaks of the same principles and same uh, same uh, values. And the reason I wanted to really compare these two documents is because uh, that uh, every time Georgia would regain uh, its independence, Georgia would strive to build a state based on the principles of democracy, human rights, uh, rule of law, and uh, plurality and equality. And by saying that, I wanted to really underscore that uh, the Georgian people's choice choice to aspire towards zero, towards European Union is first and foremost uh, a value-based value uh, uh, choice of Georgian people. And that's why, um, you know, whoever there is um, um, in, the, in the government of Georgia is, of course, requested to follow the will of, of, uh, of the people of Georgia. And I can, in that sense, uh, uh, mention that uh, uh, throughout the 30 years of our regaining independence, the support for EU integration has never been lower than 75, 70, uh, 70%. Today, we are an associated partner with the European Union. We are implementing an uh, association agreement, the document which is based on the common principles, common values uh, with the European Union upon which EU is built 
and upon which Georgia has committed itself to implement uh, and, uh, and promote. Now, we are now in the process of um, uh, elaborating an association agenda with the European Union for the next seven years. And in fact, I mean, when we talk about the next steps or future outlook, implementation of the association agreement is, of course, uh, in the cornerstone of this process because we strongly believe that our EU integration is, uh, I mean, we are going to be evaluated upon the implementation of the association um, agreement in that sense. Of course, we are looking forward uh, you know, for, new, uh, for new benchmarks, for new opportunities, and in that regard, uh, gradual integration and full integration to the EU single market is one of those important big, big benchmarks which we are looking for, forward to. And in fact, it is also mentioned um, in the association agreement and in relevant EU documents as a matter of fact. Shrinking the physical distance between um, EU and Georgia is another important aspect which we have been working on with the EU lately and we will be dedicating a lot of time and resources to really find the ways how we can connect better uh, each other. I mean, on the issue of connectivity, to, to say it shortly on the connectivity, be it transport, be it energy, digital, or uh, or in other ways. I mean, to say it shortly, we are going to be looking forward to f to open up any window, any door which uh, we can open in order to make us more prepared for our final goal, our fi final aim, which is to be to uh, to be part of the European Union. And you might have heard that Georgian government has uh, made a pledge uh, to. To, to file an application for, for a candidacy to the European Union by 2024. Therefore, it is important that we work hard. I mean, we have done a lot, of, I think, well, the reform process has been going well, including the implementation process of the association agreement. But of course, Georgia needs to continue uh, with the same level of com commitment and do even more to make sure that we are well prepared for those ambitious goals that we have uh, pledged to, to ourselves. So I, I, I hope that today's discussions will give us a good, um, a good ground, uh, good new ideas, uh, um, opinions uh, in, in the current and future discussions uh, to Georgia's uh, uh, European, towards, I mean, uh, Georgia's European future, future and you know, future outlook of Georgia's EU integration process. Thank you. And of course, I'll be happy to be part of today's lively discussions. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Makharov Lishvili. Uh, I, uh, I notice uh, that uh, you, uh, you stress uh, the high level of support uh, for EU membership in, in Georgia. Uh, I must say that uh, I'm glad that uh, the European Union is attractive uh, seen from, from the outside. Uh, we are very critical of the European Union, but each time that I travel, I, uh, I really uh, understand the, uh, the position of countries like uh, Georgia towards the, the European Union. Uh, I would like to tell the audience that you have the possibility to uh, ask uh, uh, questions in, in writing uh, by indicating uh, uh, your, your name, uh, of course your question, 
and to, to whom uh, do you ask uh, the, the question? Uh, please uh, stick uh, to the subject of, of the conference, which is uh, Georgia's roads to the EU, uh, what next? Uh, we heard uh, about uh, the day 2024, uh, uh, the target when uh, Georgia uh, will be ready to apply for EU membership. Uh, I would uh, start by asking, but this will be later, uh, Mr. Maharovlishvili, uh, what are the, the milestones before uh, 2024? But before that, I will uh, give the floor to Luc Pierre de Vigne, representing the European External Action Service. Uh, you have the floor, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, first of all, uh, let me please uh, congratulate uh, Georgia on its Independence Day uh, yesterday, and it's uh, a pleasure to be here with. Uh, uh, Vato with uh, Deputy Foreign Minister Makaro Pishvili. And, and um, it was good also to have a reference to the first uh, modern establishment of the Republic of Georgia, which, even if it was short-lived, was uh, extremely advanced in terms of, of uh, freedoms uh, for that time. Uh, today, uh, Georgia is a uh, reform-oriented, um, key associate partner for me. And we remain very much committed to strengthening the political association and economic integration, which is encapsulated into our association agreement and DCFTA, a very ambitious agreement, if need be, to, to underline and an, an ambitious agreement that has brought important benefit uh, to Georgia. And uh, to quote some of them, uh, obviously the visa-free regime, but uh, also uh, the alignment on Georgia uh, on EU acquis, by Georgia on EU acquis, to ensure, for instance, recently better air quality, sustainable forestry management, more transparent public procurement procedures, better labor protection, improved lives of Georgian citizens in general. Also, research and study exchanges and opportunities are opening up. But we all know also that recently Georgia was a subject uh, of, uh, to some extent, still is a deep uh, political crisis. And there, I must say that um, the recent EU-mediated political agreement of 19 April offers a way forward for Georgia, um, but upon condition that Georgian political forces follow a way to depolarize as much as possible. Polarization um, is political life, but not to the point that it paralyzes institutions, and particularly important institutions such as the parliament. Um, there were a number of reforms which were agreed in that uh, broker, brokered uh, agreement. And um, two, I would like to highlight two of them, uh, electoral reform and a judicial reform. And a judicial reform, unfortunately, which is very, very key, uh, still has uh, a long way to go. And 
often one has understood that justice independence, which is of course an important characteristic, means unaccountable, which is not the case. An independent justice should be accountable. If they are incompetent or even worse, corrupt judges, there must be ways to remedy that sort of situation. Uh, unfortunately, yesterday um, we saw a number of steps uh, of appointments which were not going in this right direction. And um, as, uh, as the former ambassador of Georgia, Nathalie Sabanadze, uh, excellent ambassador, was recently publishing the moral case for Georgia Forward, it is very important also to build a case of, I would say, functioning democracy. And um, EU is certainly ready to take the relationship forward, but it also is important that Georgian democracy is functioning. And functioning means that, yes, there are differences, there are debates, there are oppositions, there are differences, but these should be dealt with through the institutions, not outside institutions. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Uh, Davinia. Um, I would uh, uh, propose that uh, Mr. Maharovishvili uh, reacts uh, to, uh, to some of the statements. Uh, Mr. Davinia mentioned judicial reform, uh, which uh, still has a long way to go. Um, some appointments made uh, yesterday which do not go into the right direction. Um, so maybe um, uh, Mr. Maharovishvili would like uh, to react at this stage uh, even before the Q&A session. You have the floor, sir. Uh, of course. I mean, uh, it's up to you, moderator. I mean, we can, of course, continue discussions after all the speakers will comment, but I'll be happy to uh, comment uh, to what uh, Luke mentioned. Um, I mean, uh, I think, the, as I mentioned in my remarks, uh, uh, Georgia throughout a uh, number of uh, years have been doing a good job when it comes to the implementation of the association agreement. Uh, we have been uh, uh, mentioned to be a front runner in the process and I think these are not, of course, the mere words, but these are based on those um, uh, reports that are being done by the ES as well as by the European Commission. And of course, uh, we have always uh, underscored for ourselves that uh, it, I mean, we have to keep up with the process and uh, even, uh, even though the association agreement is a very comprehensive, very substance-driven and very uh, difficult document uh, to implement uh, because uh, uh, I've been uh, often told uh, that uh, once Georgia implements the association agreement, we'll be in a position uh, to bring and integrate 70% uh, of uh, EU Aki, core Aki in Georgia's uh, legislation. So this is not a, just a, an agreement of partnership, but in fact, this is an agreement of countries integration process with the European Union. So therefore, the reforms like electoral reforms, the reforms uh, like judicial reforms are extremely important. And I would say that Georgia has, done, has come a long way. I mean, it's not that, that the reform process is starting now. In, I mean, I would say that we have done a number of important, uh, we have taken up a number of important 
steps uh, in their directions in various international rankings or the uh, court applications like uh, Strasbourg Human Rights Court applications are a good example that we are moving in the right direction. At the same time, of course, this is the sector, the field of reforms, which which needs a, a lot of time. And I mean, of course, it is important that Georgia continues to be com committed uh, in this process. And in, in that regard, of course, I will also recall uh, President uh, Michel's visit to Georgia and the agreement uh, that has been signed uh, during uh, that visit. Uh, and judicial reforms, I believe, uh, is of, are, of course, part of that, that agreement. And I, uh, I can uh, assure uh, dear colleagues that the Georgian side and Georgian government con continues to be com committed to fully implement that document, including, of course, to continue uh, with the judicial reforms and with the uh, consultations on that regard with our European partners. To my knowledge, I mean, what has happened today is, of course, the selection of a couple of uh, judges and the explanation is uh, to that is the fact that we cannot just stop the judicial uh, system and judicial sector, but at the same time, uh, of course, it is important that we continue uh, with the reforms, and uh, I mean uh, the ruling party, the uh, the colleagues from the Parliament of Georgia have, on numerous occasions, stated that uh, they are they continue uh, to be deeply committed to the um, uh, Michel Agreement, including, uh, but at the same time, of course, the Association Agreement, because Association Agreement also speaks of the. Uh, judicial reforms that I can, uh, in fact, uh, express our gratitude uh, to all the support uh, uh, that we have uh, received uh, uh, from the EU when it comes to, uh, you know, improving our judicial system. And of course, uh, we'll continue uh, in the, this process in the same spirit. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Makarovishli. Really speaking about the country I know best, uh, Bulgaria. Uh, we didn't solve uh, the problem of the judicial reform be before we joined the European Union and the problems unfortunately uh, still exist. Uh, next on my list is uh, Lawrence Meredith, uh, uh, director of uh, Digineer, uh, Neighborhood Eastern Institution Building. Uh, you have the floor, sir. Great. Um, good afternoon, Georgi. Uh, Great to see you, uh, Deputy Minister and uh, members of the Parliament. Uh, great pleasure to be on this distinguished panel. Um, you know, uh, 30 years ago, as Georgia regained its uh, independence, I was um, wandering around what was then called the, um, the, uh, the former Soviet Union and discovering this new and beautiful region for myself. And it's a, I think Georgia has been on an incredible journey over those past 30 years and I'm um, I think they all Georgians can be extremely proud of how far they have already got on their road uh, towards the European Union and uh, I mean there have been some challenging moments in the past months but I'm very pleased to see um, that the 19th of April agreement gives a solid foundation um, to move further forwards with this clear reform path it's very important that they build now on this substantial cross-party 
um, agreement on electoral reform. Um, you know, a major challenge uh, on the next stages will, of course, also be justice reform, as, as, as Lucas said. But I think we should look at the achievements first. I think that um, the association agreement, which uh, Georgia has signed with the European Union, is one of the most ambitious agreements uh, there's ever been uh, in terms of EU relations with, with third countries. And I think it uh, contains absolutely huge uh, potential. So I think, um, as the Deputy Minister says, um, there, there is an awful lot on the plate already between the EU and Georgia. And um, these are agreements that can really take over a lot of the single market legislation in areas such as sanitary and phytosanitary conditions, a lot of regulatory conversion, extremely ambitious agreements. And um, I would also like the whole world has been hit extremely hard by this dreadful COVID pandemic. And I think um, yet again, we have seen that um, Georgia and the European Union are stronger together. Um, on the side of the European Union, uh, we moved fast in a, uh, with unprecedented speed last spring to reprogram the European Union support to Georgia in agreement with the government. And we mobilized nearly 200 million euros in uh, to tackle immediate COVID-19 challenges. And the priority now is definitely to build back better. It's important to seize this opportunity um, uh, of this, uh, in many ways, unwanted change in our behavior. But since we are where we are, uh, let's take advantage and, and try and see, seize the silver lining of COVID and make sure that we embrace the green transformation and the digital transition. Indeed, we wouldn't even be able to communicate on this important platform if we hadn't embraced digital much more comprehensively than was the case only 18 months ago. Um, I think Georgia um, uh, are an ambitious people. They have an ambitious vision. And I think on the side of the European Union, we want to do everything possible uh, to, uh, to support and provide cooperation on that road. I think there's some really interesting and important topics that we could discuss um, in these challenging uh, political environments, we can see all the more the importance of connectivity. Um, and I would highlight here, particularly the Black Sea, uh, both the physical um, connections can be strengthened in terms of transport through, for example, uh, new ferry and feeder services and re refurbishment of ports, uh, but also digitally. This, we see now how important this can be. And I, I, that's an area that the Georgians have signaled they like to work very strongly on. And uh, I uh, expect that we will have uh, a high-level dialogue to see how best to take this forward. Um, and also, um, the economic recovery at the heartbeat of Georgia's economy are thousands of um, small and medium-sized enterprises. And together with important actors such as the European Business Association, it, it's really um, embracing this potential that is already in the association agreement and strengthening Georgia's export capacity. There's already some of the uh, irresistible honey and fruit, blueberries, kiwis reaching the European market. But those of us who know and love uh, Georgian's exports, not just the food, um, uh, know how much potential there is to grow on the export side. Um, I'd also thirdly like to talk about digitalization. Um, I come from a rural 
mountainous region, um, not as high in terms of the mountains uh, of, as Georgia, but I know what it means to have um, difficult internet connections. And I think um, further work on developing high-speed broadband infrastructure can be especially beneficial for the many rural settlements. And we need also to help them support um, the development of digital skills and growth. And, um, you know, this is also European Union Green Week. Um, so I'd like to say a word on that. Um, I think one of the challenges that citizens consistently highlight uh, is uh, air quality. And I think that's an area that we can work together on. Um, this is one of the uh, European Green Deal commitments is moving towards zero pollution. And, you know, we have a common vision because President von der Leyen has been very clear that Europe needs to be a climate neutral continent by 2050. And she talks of the continent. So that's not just the European Union. We can't go it alone. We need Georgia. We need cooperation. And I think it's uh, ambitious policy goals like this that look at the broader European family that help further strengthen uh, Georgia as um, proximity to the European Union. And that's something we can work on together, strengthening environmental and climate resilience for the benefit of Georgian citizens, but also ultimately of EU citizens. And le let me finish on uh, an area that's of particular importance, uh, and that's youth. Uh, I think that um, one of the greatest benefits so far achieved in EU-Georgia relations is the visa liberalization and the movement of peoples. And I think um, Georgia has a particularly vibrant youth, and I look forward to working together on implementation of a youth strategy in line with the association agenda uh, and uh, taking forward the ambitious principles of, uh, of cooperation. And certainly on the side of the European Union, we stand side by side with Georgia and its people uh, as, we, uh, as they move on their stated goal of moving ever closer towards the European Union. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Meredith. Uh, I see that you are in tune uh, with Mr. Maharov Vishili, who spoke about uh, reducing the physical distance, and you said the same. Um, speaking for myself, uh, I don't think Georgia is very far away, because when I'm at the Bulgarian Black Sea shore, I know that on the other side is Batumi. It's not very far. But of course, uh, we have to have better connections. Uh, without further ado, uh, my uh, the next speaker on my list is uh, Marina Kajurant, a member of the European Parliament. Uh, uh, you have the floor, madam. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Georgi. And uh, hello once again, hello to all the panelists and those who are watching us. It's always a pleasure to be in such a nice and distinguished company. Mr. Minister Vahtang, it's so good to see you. Congratulations on your Independence Day, and the weather in Brussels is really, really nasty. So you're in a much better position as to the weather. But coming to today's uh, topic, I think it's very important, Vartan, that you reminded us all the history of Georgia, the fact that Georgia regained independence in 91. And trust me, it's very close to my heart. I come from Estonia. We were for 50 years in the same union, whether we wanted or not, and I can be very concrete here, we didn't want to be there, but we were. That was our past. And I think the pure fact that we were in the same union, we, we shared so much together. And I think that's why maybe uh, my country is well positioned to be your close friend, 
to be your close ally and to support you in all the ways we can on our on your way of democratic reforms and closer integration with Eastern Partnership and transatlantic ties. And as a former ambassador and as a former foreign minister, I would like to say that yes, Estonia is your close friend and supporter. Now coming to the European Parliament, I'm very honored and humbled and happy to be the chair of the South Caucasus. So I have to say that the task is not easy. Sometimes we are having pretty difficult open and frank discussions with you, Vachtang, with your colleagues, with other members of, the, of your parliament. But that is the way how cooperation works. And that is the way I would argue how friends and those who wish your nation good should react. Frankly, openly discussing also difficult topics and challenging topics. I think for years we were used to the fact that Georgia is the best in the class when we talk about Eastern Partnership. So I can be very open that the decision not to support constitutional reform last summer and the results uh, of the parliamentary and the results of the crisis that followed the parliamentary elections last autumn, they were kind of a shock also for your friends. We were used of seeing Georgia fulfilling its international commitments, doing reforms, being committed to European integration. And unfortunately, what happened after the parliamentary elections was a reality check for many, I think, in Georgia, but also for many in the EU. Because of the pandemic, European Parliament was not able to observe the elections. But we stated our position on international observation missions, in particular OSCE ODIR. And altogether, OSCE ODIR confirmed that the parliamentary elections were fair and democratic. Yes, there were uh, things that needed improvement. Yes, there were some, uh, uh, some incidents of uh, uh, not proper carrying out of elections, but the overall assessment was positive. So that's why it was so important that Georgian parliament would start its work as soon as possible with all political parties, with all members of parliament who were elected to the parliament. That's why I was urging then, and I continue doing it, uh, urging all politicians to take up their mandate in the Georgian parliament and to start working to the benefit of your nation, of your people, and the future of Georgia. Every parliament needs opposition. Democratic parliament needs vocal opposition. That's the way of carrying out political reforms. I'm very happy with the agreement that was reached thanks to the Charles Michel Mediation Initiative and particularly EU Ambassador Carl, our, my very good friend. He did a tremendous job together with US ambassadors, but EU can't always solve political crises in an Eastern Partnership country. Your country, your government, your politicians, your nation has to take responsibility and act in the way that the situation will never occur. I'm happy that almost all opposition members have joined the, the, the parliament, not all, and uh, uh, to be honest, I do not understand those who haven't. Because sitting outside of the parliament, 
being not present during the discussions, they do not serve the interests of the nation. And if any members of the opposition are listening to us who, are, who have not joined the parliament yet, please do it. And you can count on us in the European Parliament to be very balanced, to be very open and to be very uh, frank about all the reforms that need to be done. And they are constitutional reform, judicial reform, and all the questions that come from pandemic. Because these are the questions that are on the table in your parliament at the moment, and they have to be addressed with governing parties, with opposition parties, and with civil society. Thank you. Uh, and to conclude, yes, just to conclude, the agreement has to be fulfilled not only by the letter of the agreement, but also in the spirit. You are again in a pre-election period. You are preparing for local elections. It's so easy to go again into political confrontation. So it's of utmost importance to go into the elections with campaigns, but with decent campaigns, with campaigns that respect other political parties. And my very final remark, uh, I can't say that Eastern Partnership is of much interest in the European Parliament. Sometimes I feel real fatigue with that. People are tired of uh, Ukraine, of Georgia, about those discussions. But I can assure you that it will be on the agenda in the European Parliament, and I can assure you that you will have the full support of the European Parliament as long as your country is on the road of the democratic reforms. Full support means also support to Georgia's territorial integrity and to Georgia's non-recognition of Georgia's occupation. And I hope that we'll be able to talk about your membership application during the discussion today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mrs. Kaljurand. Uh, as you say, uh, discussing issues frankly and openly. Uh, this is what we do at your active debates. Uh, next on my list is Michael Emerson. You have the floor, sir. <coughs> Thank you very much, Georgie, for the invitation. Uh, it's an honor to be the only uh, non-official on the panel. I will use my time to address two questions quite uh, practically, uh, both issues of credibility. One is addressed to Georgia and the second is addressed to uh, the European Union. Now, uh, the first point, trust and credibility of the democratic rebirth of Georgia, which we've been so glad to see emerge in the course of the last few days and weeks. There's still a but there. Uh, do, we, do we trust the new regime? Um, in order to establish that trust, and with a view to making more credible uh, Georgia's 2024 uh, plan, it would be an extremely good idea if Mr. Bedina Ivanashvili definitively and really retired, and as a French citizen, he can choose to reside in Candice or even Saint-Tropez if he prefers. But the problem is that the stain of state capture still hovers as a cloud over the political regime in Tbilisi. Uh, that could be immensely 
uh, relieved or improved uh, with the move that I suggest. Uh, and now he did this uh, already earlier in the year. Uh, he, he, he announced his definitive retirement for the second time early in this year, but from the events that uh, followed, um, it is uh, fairly evident that that was not entirely the case. So this time, let's do it really. Okay, enough for that. Now uh, on to my second point, credibility, and I pick up um, the first uh, question, Georgie, on your agenda, the more for more question, uh, where is the beef, if any, uh, you ask? Uh, very good question. The principle itself uh, is excellent and very important. The problem is <clears throat> its operationalization by the EU is too fuzzy. It appears as a slogan in speeches without its operationalization being credible. Now, less for less, we know what that means. Um, and Moldova knows what it means uh, in practice in recent years. So there we saw it in action, less for less. But more for more um, is just an easy, fuzzy slogan. And that is not good enough in order to be a real incentive as uh, the principle of more for more is intended to be incentive for uh, reform progress. Now, how to uh, resolve that? <coughs> we uh, at SEPS, we've uh, recently published something and the link is on the chat here uh, with a specific proposal. Um, the more for more business means that the conditions have to be benchmarked and they have to be specific. Our proposal or our simulation uh, is to take all of the chapters um, of the AA and DCFTA and rate them according to whether the implementation um, is good or mediocre or poor or better or and better to translate those qualitative expressions into numbers to three, two, one. Now that um, mere technical translation is extremely important potentially because it allows the numbers to be added up and to have averages of the total set of chapters or clusters thereof. <clears throat> so the idea is that the commission, our idea is that the commission ought in the next year <coughs> to rate performance strictly, clearly, transparently, summarily, according to such a numerical scale. And that would establish the benchmark for reviewing on an annual basis whether progress is made or whether things are, are going backwards. And attached then to this technical system should be clear indications of what funding is to be made available depending upon um, whether more actually happens on the, on, on the policy front uh, or not. So that would give <coughs> operationalization to the more for more principle. It needs it, it deserves it. And I would invite the European Union side to think about doing precisely this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Michael Emerson. Interesting ideas. Um, 
let's start uh, with the questions uh, from the audience. Uh, uh, and I will give priority to questions related to the topic of our conference. Uh, Teona Lavrilashvili uh, asked uh, two questions. Uh, she didn't say uh, who she is, but I know her. Uh, she works with uh, Kiyu University in Leuven. Uh, she recently submitted an op-ed about Georgia, uh, which uh, we were uh, glad to publish. Uh, she has a question uh, uh, to Mrs. Uh, uh, Kajurant. And uh, she asks uh, how the European Parliament uh, views uh, Georgia's uh, upcoming uh, application for EU membership, obviously the one for 2024. And she asks, uh, will the European Parliament in general and your group, uh, the Socialists and Democrats, uh, support uh, this application? You have the floor, Mrs. Kozuran. Yes, uh, thank you, Georgi. And please call me Marina. My family name is too complicated. Jay is silent, so don't even bother trying that. Please call me Marina. Uh, well, thank you for the question. And, and, and uh, uh, it's a tricky question because each and every nation should have the right to decide their future. And Georgians have the right to apply to the organization that they will want to belong to. But instead of asking different opinions from different countries, different political groups, it's important to remember that it's a political question, which means unanimity support in the EU. That's the only way of enlargement. And again, I'll be very open and frank. There is no consensus on EU enlargement in the EU. That's the reality. So uh, there is not, uh, uh, so, so that's why I will not pay so much attention to the question of membership. Because, as I said, it's not, it, it's, not, it's not going to be realistic in the near future. Instead of that, it's much more important to pay attention to closer cooperation on sectoral reforms. And here I'd like to congratulate Georgia. I think that your approach of writing your new programs and strategies and aligning them with the EU is excellent being it the digital development, being it green development, climate changes. The alignment with EU is important and you are doing it. So I think it's important to lower Georgia's people's uh, ambitions and understanding because you will not get yes in 2024. And better to lower the expectations and explain the reality. And I can even say that in the EU, there are still some member states who think that the enlargement which included 10 member states, including mine, in 2004, was a mistake. It was too much to swallow for the EU. So the reality is, to talk about membership, it's a political question, it needs consensus, it's not there yet, we have to keep working on that. I'm a very strong supporter of open-door policies. I can't speak on behalf of my group yet, we haven't discussed, and I know that in my group there are different opinions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Marina. Thank you very much. Uh, the second question from uh, Teona Lavrashvili uh, is to uh, Mr. Maharoblishvili. Uh, and it concerns uh, the recently uh, officialized uh, trio, Georgia, Moldova and Ukraine. Uh, and uh, the idea is, uh, well, uh, to advance together uh, toward the common goal of these th three countries, which is EU membership. 
I understand that uh, the general trust of the idea, how do you intend to use this uh, instrument, this trio? Thank you, and thank you, for, uh, Teona, for this uh, question. I actually wanted to also maybe reflect uh, to some of the comments that uh, other colleagues made earlier. I don't know, what would you prefer me to do it now, or shall I just uh, respond to Teona and maybe reflect? You, you, can, you can do it now. You can, you can do it now, yeah. Mr. Makarovic. Thank you. Thank you. Then I would uh, reflect to some of the comments so that dear, uh, dear friends and uh, colleagues uh, mentioned, I mean, first and foremost, I really want to, of course, uh, once again, and I will not tire uh, by expressing gratitude to the EU to, for the support that the EU had been um, uh, rendering to Georgia uh, during the pandemic uh, period. And uh, Lawrence mentioned it, and of course, we appreciate that very much. And in Georgia, we always say that, you know, friendship and friends are discovered in difficult times. And uh, I think uh, that was another good demonstration uh, that uh, EU for Georgia is an important uh, uh, and key partner. Uh, and we hope that uh, EU itself also uh, renders Georgia to be an important and uh, reliable and key partner uh, in, in this part of Europe and this, in this part, uh, in this region. And uh, Luke mentioned it, and of course, I, I appreciate uh, these words again. Uh, uh, Marina mentioned about the engagement uh, of the European Union um, and about the, the recommendations, criticism coming from the EU. And I must say that uh, we, we have always, you know, uh, uh, welcomed and appreciated the engagement of the European Union uh, with Georgia. And I think the recommendations, the engagement, the visit of uh, President Charles Michel uh, was very important political message uh, to Georgian people that the EU cares about um, us, cares about Georgia and cares about Georgia's uh, future. So any criticism, any recommendations that come from friends, from partners is uh, very well received, have, is always taken on board. And of course, we have been uh, committed to work uh, together with you to, to continue the, the reform process and democratization uh, process of Georgia. In that uh, sense, I will also echo to what um, uh, what Lawrence mentioned uh, regarding connectivity, about the potential of the Black Sea, uh, to make sure that you know we we make uh, Black Sea the sea of prosperity and development, um, uh, and of course uh, the climate change and the Green Deal. That uh, and I can assure you that Georgia is very much committed to priorities that are there in Brussels and uh, among uh, member states. And um, when it comes to uh, climate change, uh, we have been very much committed to the Paris Agreement. And uh, very recently, I can also mention it, in accordance with the Association Agreement, we have uh, adopted very uh, significant uh, energy effic efficiency legislation, as well as uh, new forest code. Uh, which uh, I, I am con convinced will uh, do its uh, humble share to improve uh, air in Georgia, as well as, of course, uh, implement uh, relevant commitments that are there uh, with, uh, with the European uh, Union. I would not really want to uh, actually comment when it comes to the former chairman of the 
ruling party, but since there was uh, a question uh, uh, raised uh, related to that, uh, I would make a small remark or small comment on that because until last year, uh, Mr. Ivanishvili was uh, a chair of the biggest, uh, I mean, uh, party in terms of, I mean, the ruling party of Georgia. So obviously there was no surprise that chairman of the ruling party had been uh, actively participating in Georgian politics. But when it comes to, to now, uh, I would actually come up with the, uh, uh, you know, reply question, if I may, that how it is uh, evident, uh, not evident that he has retired, because I have not really noticed uh, Mr. Ivanishvili to be active or making any comments or, you know, in being engaged in, in any politics. So I would come uh, come back with the, with the uh, with the question of wh where is it evident that he is still in the politics. Now, when it comes to Teona's uh, uh, question, um, I think um, first and foremost, uh, I want to say that uh, Georgia has been always committed to the Eastern Partnership. We have demonstrated our commitment to Eastern Partnership, and it, it has been always uh, important for Georgia that all six countries are engaged uh, with the EU, with the organization to which we aspire to. Uh, therefore, we have all, always underscored and highlighted that uh, the differentiation uh, principle alongside the inclusive, inclusiveness principle had been a key to the success of Eastern Partnership rather than the obstacle to it. Uh, and um, when it comes to associated trio, we have been, I mean, I think this is a logical development of, of the of our cooperation because uh, because these countries have association association agreements with you because these association agreements as had been uh, mentioned by Lawrence and uh, other colleagues as well is um, is very ambitious very uh, complex um, and uh, substance driven now we have been cooperating with each other and with the European Union how we can uh, we can uh, do more and we can achieve more on more to more uh, principle and more to more more for more uh, basis uh, uh, in this in this trio format and uh, if I mean you you would know and you would remember that we have been already having uh, DCFTA, DCFTA ministerial meetings with the relevant uh, EU commissioner and uh, three uh, three tra trade ministers economic ministers of Ukraine, Georgia, uh, and Moldova. Therefore, this uh, cooperation has been already there. We have been developing uh, joint uh, non-papers to when it comes to our expectations uh, towards uh, EU. We have been writing joint letters to relevant commissioners, uh, EU member states, about our prior priorities when it comes to European integration. Therefore, this memorandum was a logical uh, development uh, of, of the process. and. Uh, I must, uh, and I would say that there are probably two pillars, so two or three, uh, three dimensions and three pillars of uh, of this uh, trio formation. One is to uh, to cooperate more with it, uh, with each other when it comes to uh, creating uh, common areas uh, with each other. Um, the second pillar would be to cooperate together in a more enhanced way uh, with the European Union. I mean, we have been. Uh, of course, doing that uh, already, and we will of course explore new, new ways, new ideas how how we can do more do more joint efforts uh, 
when it comes to three countries integration process with European Union, because these are the three countries who aspire to join European Union. And the third pillar would be also our joint uh, joint efforts within Eastern Partnership uh, framework. So I think, um, and I believe that uh, uh, this trio would, uh, would be a very effective and efficient uh, uh, formation uh, to work together and basically build new uh, opportunities in, uh, in our joint uh, aspiration towards EU, EU membership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Maharovishvili. Uh, the next question uh, goes to Lawrence Meredith, and uh, uh, the question comes from Bella uh, Tskelishvili. Uh, she didn't say who she is, but I googled her. Uh, she works in the Council of uh, European uh, Municipalities and Regions, and uh, more, more precisely uh, for uh, um, relations with the Eastern Partnership. Uh, so, the question is to Mr. Meredith, uh, will the upcoming uh, post-2020 Eastern Partnership Policy Framework focus on decentralization and uh, public administration reforms as well? You have the floor. <coughs> Thank you very much for this question, Bella. Um, very important point. Uh, I think it's... It, there's full agreement both between Georgia and the European Union that what's most important is that our cooperation brings clear and tangible benefits for citizens. And in that context, it's absolutely essential that we further uh, deepen and strengthen our work with local authorities. As you may know, um, the European Union, both with Georgia, but with all Eastern Partnership countries over the past since the last summit four years ago, has agreed on focal regions in each country. Uh, that allows us to really target our assistance and make sure uh, that citizens on a local level feel the benefits of European Union cooperation, whether it's on issues that we've discussed, some of the big challenges, uh, uh, we've talked about electoral reform, but also justice reform and public administration reform, but also the economic benefits and this, the benefits of this connectivity that we've just been discussing. It's absolutely essential. And I'd just like to mention briefly that we have two really powerful networks. Um, the Covenant of Mayors, where for um, a number of years we've been developing and nearly half the cities of the Eastern Partnership are now engaged in activities on energy efficiency. Indeed, that network was so successful uh, that five years ago we set up another network uh, of mayors. And again, we're uh, we're almost at half of the cities engaged in promoting economic development. And I, I think this powerful local networks, as you'll know from your own background, can be really strong in ensuring uh, that the European Union cooperation is as close to citizens as possible. So definitely that's a priority going forward. Thank you. Um, I have a question coming from Alfonso, um, who calls himself uh, a EU citizen. And uh, the question goes to Mr. Maharoblishili. And uh, uh, he refers to uh, the European Parliament uh, resolution, which called for an investigation into incidents of excessive use of force by Georgian law enforcement authorities against uh, uh, peaceful protesters and uh, journalists 
including uh, during the 2019 protests. Uh, he asks uh, what is the state of play there. You have the floor, Mr. Maharov Vishlili. Uh, I have to admit, uh, I don't recall this uh, European Parliament resolution uh, on this particular. I mean, I can recall a lot of uh, uh, EP resolutions and uh, declarations uh, when it comes to Georgia, including, of course, uh, Georgia's uh, implementation process of the association agreement, including uh, Georgia's occupied territories and the support that had been rendered. To, uh, by the EP uh, to Georgia's territorial integrity and sovereignty and its quest and aspiration towards the European Union. There have been resolutions on that as well, but I have to admit uh, maybe if uh, colleagues from Georgian Parliament or maybe Marina could recall this resolution, I have to admit I don't recall this specific resolution on the investigation of the, of the journalists' uh, issues. I mean, uh, Uh, Marina, if uh, if you recall uh, details of this resolution, and uh, you know, uh, was there uh, yeah, a so, so, yeah, sorry to say, I don't remember that we had specific resolution on this specific topic. Yes, uh, in different general resolutions, the topic has been raised of uh, rule of law and of uh, the uh, procedures uh, for uh, inquiry and. Uh, full-fledged inquiry into the excessive use of force. So, in principle, I know that there are, there have been inquiries in Georgia. I know that some people have been brought to justice because of excessive use of power. And I also know that Georgia has uh, uh, introduced an amnesty law concerning all people who participated on both sides, on law enforcement and protesters during those events. So I can say that we are following the developments, uh, but I do not recall that we had a specific resolution on only this specific topic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, so, uh, Georgian legislation and Marina mentioned the amnesty. In fact, the, this, uh, this uh, legislation um, is actually under discussions. I mean, it has, the discussions have not been finalized, but, uh, but if we speak about uh, media freedom in general, I mean, uh, I think in that regard, Georgia has done a very good job. I mean, and again, I can refer to many different uh, rankings, including, uh, uh, including uh, Reporters Without Borders or any other uh, international uh, organization which had been working on an issue where Georgia had been really moving uh, forward uh, and a high in the in the ranking system in that regard and I mean throughout for the last couple of years I can say that the relevant legislation on the media and media freedom had been uh, adopted which allows to uh, to register any media outlet within 14 days without any any difficulties and for today we uh, we are having uh, some 14 uh, national national wide uh, media outlets and more than 100 regional uh, media outlets and when it comes to internet freedom uh, we are ranked uh, as a free uh, country so 
uh, I am not sure what was the reference, specific reference. Uh, yes, there have been some uh, uh, some cases uh, related uh, also with the journalist, as Marina mentioned, that could be the case of the last year uh, of the demonstrations and the investigations uh, had been uh, there on that. But uh, yeah, I could I commented on the general terms. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, we have uh, uh, some three minutes before the closing uh, statements. I would like uh, to ask a question. Uh, to use the privilege of uh, uh, the position of moderator uh, to Mr. Maharov, sorry, sorry, I, <laughs> I'm learning. Uh, and the question is about Russia. Um, uh, the tensions uh, between the European Union and, and Russia uh, only got worse uh, recently. Uh, I would like to know uh, how do you feel uh, the situation uh, uh, in your perspective from your part of Europe? Uh, thank you uh, for this question and don't worry about my last name because my last name is so long and so difficult that it is difficult to pronounce even in Georgian. Uh, but uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, Russia and uh, Russia's uh, interference uh, in, uh, in, in the region, uh, uh, of course, uh, it is uh, very worrisome because I have to admit that uh, say that uh, the situation uh, in uh, the region had been in fact uh, deteriorating. I mean, uh, we are happy that we are not in an active warfare uh, with Russian Federation, uh, but at the same time, I have to say that the situation had not been improving. Uh, in, in fact, it had been uh, deteriorating because Russia continues the illegal uh, borderization, so-called borderization, and you know, uh, installing the, very, uh, the razor wires alongside the occupation line. We are we are facing constant uh, kidnappings and arresting of uh, uh, of people living in the vicinity of the occupation line, and the human rights and humanitarian situation. Um, uh, in the occupied regions of Georgia is devastating. Of course, uh, with, um, with the war uh, and situation ongoing in Ukraine, as well as the war that took place in, in South Caucasus um, uh, between Azerbaijan and Armenia, uh, with that, I must say that Russia, in fact, in, uh, increased its influence and increased in its, its presence because it brought more uh, military officers, more military presence uh, in South Caucasus uh, regions, which is, of course, very worrying for Georgia. And it should be worrying uh, for, for, uh, for Europe and uh, for the West in general, because we truly believe that uh, if we do not have uh, stability and security in the Black Sea, wider Black Sea region and the Black Sea region in general, we cannot uh, create, uh, you know, the illusion that there is going to be a stability and security in the European continent in general. Therefore, the engagement uh, and involvement of uh, EU in the peaceful conflict resolution uh, processes is uh, extremely important. And of course, we value a lot the presence of uh, EU monitoring mission in Georgia because it is the only international presence on the ground, uh, which is deterring all the provocations that come 
from the other side of the occupation line. But of course, we hope that uh, EU could play even greater role uh, in uh, the peaceful resolution uh, process, but also in the engagement uh, process with the, with the communities who live in the occupied uh, regions of Georgia. I mean, I can speak uh, of uh, many different aspects because this is a topic that uh, needs uh, to be always discussed uh, thoroughly and there is uh, always a lot of elements to be highlighted, but because we do not have uh, too much time, I would just say that it is important that the West, uh, Europe, uh, keeps uh, Georgia and the region in general high on its agenda uh, with the Russian Federation on the agenda of, in, of its internal discussions, of uh, the agenda of international organizations. Otherwise, we will, of course, uh, end up in a much worse, worse uh, situation. And with joint efforts uh, and with joint new endures, uh, I believe uh, we can move uh, maybe slowly but steadily towards peaceful resolution of, of the conflict with Russian Federation of Georgia, but also with other conflicts in the region. As you say, uh, Mr. Makharov-Lishili, we don't have uh, too much time, but I would suggest that we organize a more geopolitical conference and discuss uh, such issues as well. Uh, now, uh, we, we reach to the time for the closing statements and I, I would suggest that we, we do them in reverse uh, order. And please, uh, uh, you have more or less two minutes each, uh, uh, try to, to keep them short. Uh, and uh, uh, please be inspired by uh, uh, Lawrence Meredith who spoke about the silver lining after COVID probably there is a silver li lining uh, overarching. You have the floor, Michael Emerson. <coughs> uh, <coughs> thank you. Um, well, my final comments are, are this. One, I think it's uh, really great that uh, a fresh, the page has been turned on the recently painful episode of Georgian politics. Question is how to follow through now and uh, get uh, new positive things happening. And for that, I would refer to the association trio proposal, which was referred to earlier of the three uh, governments, um, Georgia, Moldova and Ukraine. And uh, the question is uh, whether uh, the European Union um, will welcome this and help uh, give it effect. Of course, the trio themselves have to show that they are able and willing to put substance behind uh, the framework. But assuming they do, uh, I also uh, note the very important uh, detail in the recent uh, joint article by President Zurbashili and Charles Michel, and I quote, um, we propose to hold in coming months a leaders' meeting with presidents of Ukraine and of the Republic of Moldova. So at the top level, there's something happening. Uh, this should naturally be supported at ministerial and senior official level to give it all uh, proper structure and effect. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Michael Emerson. Uh, Marina, you have, you have the floor. 
Uh, thank you. First of all, I'd really like to thank for this discussion. I'm never tired of talking about Georgia and I'm never tired of cooperating with my dear Georgian partners. Uh, my my, my uh, concluding remarks. Georgia is an important partner to the EU. It's important. We are proud that the support to EU and Euro-Atlantic integration is so high in Georgia. And uh, I'd like to reiterate the support of the European Parliament to Georgian democratic reforms and closer integration with EU. You have it and it will be there even if sometimes we have the feeling that we are too tired of Eastern partnership. Second, please manage expectations so that uh, I wouldn't pay so much attention to the fact of membership, where at the same time closer cooperation in different sectors can benefit much more to both sides than just mere membership or mentioning of it. And my final remark, as the chair and co-chair of the PAC, I hope finally to have a face-to-face -face meeting in November after very successful local elections. We can see, meet in Tbilisi with dear friends and we can discuss the future of Georgia after, as I said, very successful local election. Thank you. Thank you. Lawrence Meredith. Thank you very much for this extremely important discussion um, on, on the anniversary of Georgia's independence. And um, I'd like to make three points. Uh, firstly, the Georgian people have been very clear that they want uh, to get closer to the European Union. Um, and therefore, it's the responsibility of uh, the government and the opposition uh, to work constructively together to implement the 19th of April agreement uh, and to, to move forward all these key aspects of reform uh, concerning electoral reform, but also judicial reform and public administration reform. Secondly, uh, <clears throat> Georgia already has one of the most ambitious agreements the European Union has ever had with any third country. It's really important to use this agreement on both sides to the full potential uh, this is essential in the interests of bringing benefits to people. And thirdly and finally, we on the side of the European Union stand firmly by the uh, people of Georgia on this path to support them with all these key reforms and ensure that the benefits really um, uh, reach the people and ensure in, in that there is the opportunity to build back better after this dreadful COVID pandemic. Um, that there is enhanced people-to-people -people contacts, greater connectivity, both physical and digital, uh, and uh, uh, that they can take part in the green transformation. Thank you very much. Georgia and the European Union are clearly stronger together. Thank you, Laurence Meredith. Uh, Luc Pierre de Vigne. Thank you. Um, also, I would, I would give three points. Uh, first of all, uh, today in the informal Foreign Affairs Council, there's a discussion on the unresolved conflict and Georgia will figure obviously prominently in this discussion and this is the evidence that uh, Georgia is remains on our mind for sure. Um, that's first point. Secondly, um, the association agreement that we have concluded with Georgia, we should never forget, is the most advanced type of any uh, agreement that the EU has with any third country but it can it has delivered a lot and it can still deliver more thirdly we will continue to support georgia 
uh, as Lawrence was mentioning uh, deeply, and that includes in its um, European way and European uh, path for more political association and economic integration. But for that, we need a fully uh, functioning Georgian democracy. Uh, and I would argue that Georgia needs it first and foremost because it needs to be solid, needs to be resilient. It does not need to be divided, and we all know to whom that would benefit. And for that, the proper implementation of both the letter and the spirit of the 19 April agreement, brokered by no less than uh, President Michel um, and its envoy, and needs to be done. Thank you. And last words to Vartang uh, Maharo uh, Blishvili. Thank you, thank you. Well, I'll be I'll be very short and brief. I would say that uh, European and uh, Euro-Atlantic integration uh, doesn't have an alternative uh, for Georgia uh, because this is a, a choice that may have been made by Georgian people, and uh, we have and it had not been a choice of a given uh, government or a given party. We we always like to say that. Uh, it has been a you know historical civilization and as I mentioned earlier, value-based choice. Therefore, uh, what the government of Georgia needs to do is basically keep up with the reforms that we have been uh, doing um, for the last uh, number of uh, years, and of course um, uh, we we will do our best to uh, implement. Uh, the association agreement, which had been mentioned to be the backbone, the cornerstone of Georgia's uh, European uh, integration process. But at the same time, of course, we are going to try to open up new uh, new doors and new opportunities uh, in this process. I mean, we are not filing the application today. We have pledged to file it uh, by 2024. Therefore, we have a uh, number of years, not many, but a number of years uh, to continue and enhance uh, our efforts uh, to make sure that we are uh, prepared uh, to make that ambitious uh, statement. And in that regard, we believe that we are an European uh, country and uh, if uh, Georgia uh, fulfills the relevant uh, criteria, uh, which has been there for many years, Georgia should be allowed to join the family which it has been aspiring uh, for uh, for years and centuries, I would say. And uh, as Luke mentioned, I can only uh, you know confirm that to make sure that uh, these efforts are successful, uh, we need a, a consolidated whole society approach, and I certainly hope and uh, and I'm confident that in this process uh, Georgia community society will be uh, will be united to 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 make sure that um, uh, our country achieves its long-lasting uh, goal uh, which uh, should tr translate itself in uh, Georgia's EU membership thank you Thank you. Thank you, Mr. First Deputy Minister, and, and uh, I wish you uh, every luck. And uh, I thank uh, all, all the participants. Uh, uh, this debate was virtual, but I think it was lively. 
And uh, the only thing that uh, I wish uh, for ourselves is more people-to-people -people contacts and uh, more face-to-face -face meetings. Perhaps next one, even uh, with a glass of Georgian wine in our hands. Welcome to the new Euractive Debates. Thank you. Goodbye.